0: welcome to the keeping it business podcast i'm adam payne a multiple small business owner business mentor and growth coach and your host here on keeping it business so i'd like to welcome uh, mr paul cadman to uh, an episode of the keeping it business podcast Uh, as always we'll talk about entrepreneurship but around paul's journey pitfall successes and that side i want paul as i normally do to introduce himself um take us through around what he's doing now currently any um um, ideas tips successes pitfalls around entrepreneurship and we will go from there
1: questions and dig deeper so paul over to you hi good afternoon or whenever this is going out and things like that firstly thanks very much for bringing me onto the show I uh, understand there's quite a few of these and uh, very privileged to be included in this uh, I'm all about entrepreneurship giving people opportunities I'm manufacturing you know I'm technology and I've been in that many different uh, different worlds and um, being quite privileged through my journey quite painful quite awkward but obviously enjoying some successes considering where we are but uh, I think the ground rules for me are, Ask anything you like, I'll give you absolutely plain truth. Whether you want to hear it or not, whether the uh, viewers or listeners want to hear it or not, you'll get the plain truth.
0: That. Excellent, that's right, and that's exactly what we want. So, going back on your LinkedIn, I noticed that we got the fire service. What did you actually want to start out to be? Uh, what would, you know, from a, a, as we say, when you grow up, what did you want to be? Because mine was always an engineer. How about yourself? Yeah.
1: My uh, my my journey. Let, let let me take you back even further than that. So I was born on Balls Green Road, which is a, a, a as inner city as it can get in Birmingham. Um, just down from the the uh, the Blues Ground, just to give it a bit of geographical location. Uh, we were born opposite factories, and we had factories at the end of our garden, scrapyard at the other side, and things like that. So that was my playground around manufacturing, engineering, and the, the scrapyard. So as a as a child. You know, we, we describe it, uh, my, my siblings now was that we were almost feral because we used to play in the scrapyards and it was perfectly acceptable. We'd walk to town on the railway lines We'd do things like that. Um, my, my, so I struggled with education. I'm heavily dyslexic, although I'm a professor of entrepreneurship now at Birmingham City University. I've got the accolade and the position of uh, having the high-east academic position. Um, my education was extremely poor, so I struggled with that. So I always remember walking up Ballsley Green Road and walking past the fire station. Going to school would be right, and if Mum would take me, because Dad wouldn't have any of it, I could talk Mum into taking me left, and she'd take me to the local fire station. So we used to stand in the window, um, and ironically, I wasn't tall enough to look through the window, Ballsley Green, so Mum used to pick me up while I was looking through the window at the fire engines, the firemen, and all that type of stuff. So I had had an interest in trains, because we used to play on the railway lines. We used to slide down in cardboard boxes on the railway tracks, almost like the the feral uh, railway children of Birmingham. And then I'd look at the the fire engines, and I think it was the machines, the engineering, all of this kind of stuff playing around, the wheels on trains and everything else like that, the size of them, that kind of got me into things. So to go into the fire service, I had no direction of going into the fire service as such. Because uh, I failed at school, uh, I was very sporty, I was, uh, I was quite out of control, I was, a, I was a little bit of a naughty lad, always in, in fights, getting into trouble and everything else like that, constantly having my parents coming in saying, oh he's done this and he'd done that, so I'd, I'd kind of debate things with my fist as, as a youngster, because I wasn't articulate, couldn't do it that way. I learned, uh, my dad, I remember my dad dragging me up and throwing me into a boxing gym, which became Martial Arts. I ended up as British All-Stars Champion. I did really well in Martial Arts. And my first job was working in Birmingham Markets. Now, I think um, if people look at me, hopefully they're going to hold me in a positive light and as probably one of the best networkers, as probably one of the go-to open and honest people. And, and 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 I've got no barriers, inhibitions. I'll talk to anybody anywhere and I'll get on with people. So one of my best attributes is probably my back book, my connections and the contacts and people that I know. I have an, I've got a position in society where I could pick up the phone and ask people to do things and they tend to say, yeah, partly might be because of the size of me in a way they look, and I actually might be at my can-do sort of attitude. So that, I think, has come from the markets, working in the markets, the banter, the barrow boy, the learning, working, talking to people, you know, the diversity of Birmingham. The, the market is the heart of diversity of Birmingham. So it's learning that. So my, and I'm going to come back to the answering the question, my direction was working in the markets, was martial arts, was boxing, was doing all of that, thinking I was going to do nothing in my life apart from what I enjoyed doing. Then um, my boss in the, uh, the market died and I was going to an access to the fire service course, was advertised at Hansworth College. Now, I went to that and failed the academic miserably to you know the application form but i was the fittest person in the room you had to do 20 press-ups in a minute right? and my, my actual stats are it was uh, 64 sit-ups and 72 press-ups in a minute absolutely smashed it so on fitness on attitude and everything else like that there was a senior fire officer there who was running the course for the first time and said we'll give him a chance and that we we can tidy up his academic side and that's when I got a break to get into the fire service. Now, being dyslexic, jump in at any point when I'm when I'm branded, yeah, 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 yeah. Being dyslexic, you get you, you get uh, uh, it's a mindset. It's a bit of a gift. You think ahead. You plan ahead. So I see things in a different way to everybody else. So coming to the written exam for the fire service. So we had 13 weeks of fitness training exam, doing different things to enter the fire service, the written exams for the fire service, multiple choice. And it was something like a hundred questions and the average person would answer 20, 25 of those questions. So, and you would have like five minutes to do each section. You'd start off with 50 people. You do the one exam, everybody leave the room. They call it a smoke break. They'd come out, they read some names out and these people would go back in. It ended up 50, 40, 35 to the end of the day after about 10 exams. So I realised that it's A, B, C or D. I've got a 25% chance of getting it right based on the other one. So I sat there and I went, let me know when it's a minute to go. The examiner was, no, we don't do that. You get five minutes and that's it. This uh, senior fire officer who'd looked at me doing all these fitness, looked at this attitude of this can-do person said, no, no, go on, we'll do that. Minute to go, D, 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 A, A, A. I went through it. And he came out, and he went. Uh, I think it was five exams or something like that, or or eight exams. You know, of the of the times I asked. So there was ten breaks, two breaks for a cup of tea, that kind of thing. And he came out. And he went. You've got through on one point. You've got through on three points. You've got through. And at the end of the day, there was three of us left. And uh, he was like, I don't. I, nobody's ever done that. What a mindset. How, how did you manage that? How did you think ahead? and all that type of stuff. Um, and that's that's how I scraped into the fire service. Like, Did you
0: put that, because my daughter's dyslexic. My daughter has dyslexia, literally okay. numer- numeracy, and she has Erlins as well. So she's she, a yeah. uh, double whammy. So, um, And I love the way she thinks. Love the way she yeah. thinks, because I'll ask her stuff. And, and do, you, do you put that down? Because I can see a difference. Do you put that down to that, the, the dyslexia, that being able my, to think differently why differently
1: so i have uh, if you look at my communications on the bottom of my emails it says uh, please excuse occasional punctuation or grammar error you know it's, it's because of my dyslexia gift uh, and that type of thing so you'll you'll always see um on some of my emails and things like that and you go well, i'm sure that word you didn't mean that or things like that so i can't read um i i, I can't break a word down and function to do that. I, I memorise words, I function by because I know what that word means and not because I read that word, which means that. So it, 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 it gives you a mindset of working ahead and looking at different things. So if you're in engineering or one of my foretellers has been project managing, so when I'm in complex projects and we're sitting in a room and it's day day 10, and they're going, right, we're two days behind, it's day ten into the project. We're looking at day eight. I'm going, but if we look at day twenty, we move that there, that, that, and that, that'll get us back three days. So we'll be on day eleven today, if we do this, that and the other. And like, what do you want about? And they all sit there, everybody ponders and goes, Oh well, that's that's yeah, you're right, that's interesting. So yeah. that they're there today and I'm there next week, that kind of thing. And I think your daughter might have that kind of thing. Yeah. That you realise, is it or not? You know, it it, it it takes a bit of time to understand it. The penny might drop at five years old, you know, fifteen or fifty. With me, might put the penny dropped with me the way that I rationalised things when I was kind of almost thirty years old. Yeah, she's still um, she's
0: still battling with it. But my daughter is, but but, yeah. but she she knows and 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 because I will ask her around creative side as well as the the uh, strategy side and uh, around stuff. And uh, so she knows that there's something there. Um,
1: it's building a confidence in that side at the minute with her. You know. Put her on the phone too much. So yeah. the, what, what you have is your mind. It, it, I say to people, your mind is like a filing cabinet. You open it up, you take a file out, you look at that file, you focus on that. But actually a dyslexic person might be seeing everything in every drawer and, and your mind goes round and round and round, and you just bring it round, you look at it, but you've still got everything in the periphery that you're thinking about. So if I bring something around and focus on it, I'm still thinking about maybe five or 10 other things. Now, I don't know how you think, because it'd be interesting to go, cut your head, top of your head off and go, this is how I think, that's how I think, and we, and we deal with the same problem, we come to the same solution. Yeah. It'd be interesting to, to do that. So, I can. I get sleep with a problem. I'll focus on a problem, and I'll go to sleep with a problem, and I'll wake up with a solution. Might be one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, and my, and I'll wake up. My brain will wake me up, but I've got a solution to that problem. Yeah. That I man. had um, jumping head quite a bit. I had um, a, a a chief executive of a company that I worked for, bibiline Group, and we were purchasing, mergers, acquisitions, many, many millions buying companies and things like that very, very complex. He would walk in and go, there's a ticket to, like, Turkey. I've booked you on a flight. Next week, you're going away for a week and you need to re- think about this, this and this because we're that. So he'd send me away on a week's holiday with a problem and I'd come back with a solution. Or there's two days in Cornwall or there's this. Go and work on that. You know, and I'd come back and go, middle of the night, <laughs> bing, got it. And that kind of thing. So it's like, it's expensive. <laughs>
0: Isn't that fantastic, though you know, to, you know, for a boss to to recognise that that uh, that uh, skill set and say, right, go yeah. take what on is absolutely yeah,
1: fantastic. I need, I need you to focus on this. Come back with this. So we had uh, so one of the one of the things that we bought was some ships, and and uh, we owned uh, Big Line Group. Didn't own the oil rigs, didn't own the the terminals, but they owned the uh, all of the 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 like the, the piping under the ground and everything else like that. So we were piping uh oil and gas uh north sea and then we owned the ships which serviced it because every nut and every bolt needed to be changed but not when it wears out every 6 12 18 two years everything was changed so we'd go down there's more money in servicing it and doing things like that so it was working around the saturation dive and it was working around the safety procedures around that now i know nothing about saturation diving i know deep bell exploration or anything like that but i do understand processes around complex safety so, and I needed to do that. So we wrote some software. So I, I put a wireframe together of how the software would work and it would calculate everybody based on safety, and based on capabilities and capacities of the divers and all of that. So I went off and wrote that, but I did that in about two weeks, you know, Fantastic. and they still use that now. That kind of thing. So there's a software that was created around the wireframe of what needs to think about what and kind of interact with that. Now, okay, I think they mean, made
0: all your mind and all your thoughts, it
1: yeah. Us. And I think they made a fortune out of it, which is great. But he was like, Off you go, you know, all this sort of stuff. So yeah, I'd do. come home and, he, and he'd be like, Where are you going now? I'm off, I'm going here, or something like that. Ironically, I still do that because I've got a motor home um, little motorhome. And I get in my motorhome and I go to Wales, and it's me, my laptop. If I want to write a book, if I want to do something, or do something like that, and if it's on the way, I go there go to Barmouth, go to this corner of this place, and uh, the mountain shielded it, and there's no Wi-Fi, and there's no mobile phones. So even if I wanted to be there, you know, I'm quite proliferating on social media, or, I'm, you know, emails, my phone doesn't stop ringing, you're not going to get me. So I'm focused yeah. on that. that thing. No, yeah. So I don't know whether that was the answer you wanted. A- no, 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 that's
0: spot on, that's spot on. <laughs> now, coming back to the boxing. Yeah. So did you, because my lad does boxing, they did it from an early age. Um, and one of the things that I noticed, I knew about anyway, mm. is it teaches that discipline, um, and that, mm. and so they were coming into their GCSEs and things like uh, like that. Um, they, the time, how they manage their time, uh, even with working in and around boxing the exercises and the the. Um, Training uh, and stuff, but it certainly gave him a, a skill set. Did you find that as well from a, a discipline of? So,
1: yeah, so you know, I was saying you were
0: yeah. you're a naughty boy and this that and other. Yeah, I, I was
1: I was completely out of control, and my dad was brought out of the pub <laughs> to deal with me. You know, and those sort of stuff. I was being kicked out of school, and that was it. Um, and bearing in mind, I was like eight, nine years old at this point. I was out of control then, and it was um, took me up to this boxing gym. Um, to do that and it it was along the lines of you've got to do something with him and then everybody went what are you doing teaching him how to fight you're mad that's all he needs to be able to do what he wants to do even better Um, but it was was the best thing so the wise old dad had got it right Um, and I went in there with my attitude and my chip on the shoulder which was soon knocked off me and uh, my discipline my mindset and it was looking at the next person Edit the bag five times. I needed to eat it six times. it did this, I did that. And, and I just had to be better than anybody else. So my, my education, I was put in a corner uh, in the dark days of education where I was told I was an idiot, never going to make anything of myself. And and, and the, because I couldn't do this, I couldn't read, I couldn't write, you're an idiot, don't bother with us, go over there. And, and, and that. so that was my treatment by the education system. And there's no wonder that I rebelled against that. Fortunately, we recognise things like this, uh, you know, dyslexia, dispersion and all this sort of thing. Um, so that the, the fighting, the discipline, and everything else does that does really well for you. I would do that for anybody. So I played rugby at a pretty good standard, and all of that mindset was around the the the, the discipline and education that was done, and and the respect. That was for everybody else, you know. People in the gym, clean the equipment, be ready. You know, will you spar with me? Yeah, of course I will. Will you do this? Will you do that? And then you go into the change rooms and you clean the change rooms, and you put pick the mop up and you chew that. So it doesn't matter where I was in the world or anything like that. If there's something on the floor, I'll pick the mop up and do that. So people look at me as chief executive of a of a fifty million pound company or something like that, and I've got the mop in my hands, and I don't think anything of that. And then a couple of people. I've said in the past, going, do you know what? That's quite inspirational. <laughs> I'm like, like why? just because I'm doing that, and I'm going, no, it's not. It's it's mindset.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Because it, uh, I watched, uh, as I say, my lad and his and his is uh, one of his best mates, and they up at four o'clock in the morning, running, get back in, revising, and doing stuff like that in, uh, that they needed to do to get through the GCSEs, and they, and the, the how they bolstered the and supported, and yeah, you know, just fantastic.
1: So we, so we used well, we used to live by the Macadam, which might mean something to some people. And I used to run from the Macadam into the the dojo, which is on Park Street in Birmingham. Um, and then I'd train in the morning. I'd go through a lesson, then I'd run back to there to home, get changed, and go to school. Yeah, and things like that. How my parents used to let me just go off and run down, you know, like that was bizarre. You know, that's, that's one thing away from child lying, I think, these days. <laughs> Social services would be and the kids would be running off. And the other thing, I remember like talking to my sister uh, about this. And she used to go, remember when you were like 14 and you couldn't sit still? And uh, you, you remember one Sunday, you used to have a space of running to the NEC, running round the NEC and running back just to get rid of your energy. And I went, yeah, I did. Every Sunday I used to run to the NAC and run around the NAC and come back, which is like a marathon. Yep. You know, kind of just to get rid of some energy. Yeah, you know. it's just it's just
0: good what's just come to mind is the past few days because my lad's just started university. So and his mates okay. there with him, they've got into they've got the A's, got into Loughborough where they wanted to go. But my lad's Brilliant. staying there. Aaron's not. So Aaron's got yeah. a, park, a, car, a parking permit. Yeah. What they've done is they've turned it down. So what was his attitude? Yeah, fuck it, I'll cycle, I'll push bike it. 12 so, mile, 12 mile each way, is, yeah, I'll, I'll push bike it.
1: And that's, so that- my, uh, yeah, my uh, quite a funny story about Loughborough, Deborah, my sister, uh, went to Loughborough and I went to stop with her the one weekend. Um, I can't remember when it was why, than that. And I'm on the track really early in the morning. I've got these fantastic facilities, it's more about using the facilities that I've never seen anything like that before. So I'm running around his track and I'm tearing around his track you know, like going like this, two hundred miles an hour. And this this runner came past me, and in the, the length of a tr- of one uh, one ring of the track, he he just he went past me. He lapped me, and it was uh, and it was this runner, and I was like, bloody hell, he's quite good. Uh, my his sister was, yeah, yeah, he's doing quite well. He's he he's gonna do well. It was
0: Sebastian Coe. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was, yeah, because all, all my family are from Loughborough, so I knew, because so Sebastian oh, okay. Coe, so, uh, my uh, auntie, runs the spot-on snooker club. Now, where that is, mm. he lived uh, when he was at university just down the road from there, so we used to okay. be passive as to like that. Uh, so, yeah, I was, yeah. I was just going to say, I knew it was going to be when you said it, because <laughs> it was Sebastian <laughs> Coe. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, no, it's... Uh, it is a, a fantastic facility that is. So entrepreneurship and that side. So you've gone in, you uh, did the fire service. Where did you go from there for you, from the, you know, from the the Barraboy fire?
1: So so is this the question of where, where, where did the entrepreneurship start? Yeah, where, where did it really get into it for you? Okay, so I, um, when I was at school, I'd always got this thing about earning money. We, we 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 struggled as a family, you know. We didn't have quite enough to eat, and we we, we had a collaboration of neighbours, you know. We'd all have a big pot of stew, or we'd all have this um, and that kind of stuff. So we'd share quite a bit. Dad was at Land Rover, or it was Leyland. Then he was oh, yeah. laid off, and he worked, and then he was in and off. Then it was Rover, and it was this, and it was that, um, and all that. So sometimes you'd go into the market, and we'd do that. And you'd learn to buy and trade and things like that. So if you worked on the fish, you know, or the meat, you'd swap. So you know, at the end of the the the, the night, you'd be given a chicken, and you'd be thinking, "Oh, I want a bit of fish tonight." So you go to the bloke on the fish door, go and you fancy a a chicken instead of fish. He goes, "Yeah, I'm fed up with fish." (laughs) So you you'd kind of swap. So there was a little bit about that. But so it always got this thing about making a bit of money, Now my mum. You know, uh, who's not with us now? She tells this uh, quite funny story, and I remember it well. So, one of the first businesses I was involved in was the porn industry. Right oh, okay. now, you're sitting wondering where we're going to go with this story. <laughs> but, but <laughs> Bear with me. So, we were we were one of the first houses um, to have a video, and it was an old Betamax video, and we bought it on. Uh, I think it was a practical or something like that. So we painted off and we, we did this um so we had this video television video and everything on like that but we had a color television as well which is very very unusual and i was wandering around the early building i came across this videotape um, got this videotape and all this sort of rubbish and everything like that as i said we were sort of semi semi-feral um got this video and put this videotape in obviously this and <laughs> it was this adult video leave it at that so mom Um, So I set up bringing everybody home uh, to my house having tea and toast and all sitting there watching this film. So mum came home the one day and there was like 10 lads, three or four girls in there just watching this video, having tea and toast and all this. So it was the the age of discovery and learning. So I'm in the kitchen cooking away, charging them like I think it was 10 pence a day, (laughs) earning loads of money and then i was going out buying tea and i was buying the coffee and toast and buying the bread and coming in here. got to the point where i had to buy a new video because the audience were fed up with what they were seeing, so we were buying different videos and things like that And mom came home from work one day and was like what's going on that was the end of that business but i did do particularly well out of that business um i bought some rubber molds and started making garden gnomes and things like that so we started, and I've still got a few of them in my garden there. So we started off as these small things. It ain't got quite big exotic. We were making benches. We were doing things like that. And I was employing people. So I was employing my schoolmates. So I bought a shed, you know, and then from the shed, we, you know, we were increasing. We were having two or three people in there. We were having production lines. We were looking at lean manufacturing. You know, we were looking at supply chain to our materials, where it was coming from. Instead of getting it on the back of a bike, the, the, the cement, we were getting it delivered. We stopped buying it in bags. We were buying it in bulk, so we were buying it loose. We were doing this. So all of the you know the lean manufacturing and the supply chain management started off then. So it was garden Was and into other businesses. But come on, I'll let you jump in here.
0: <laughs> so how old were you when you were doing that
1: then? Oh, like 10, 12, 12, 13. You know, that kind of age. Yeah, yeah.
0: So even even prior to to getting into the the fire service so the, and that so. so the
1: porn industry uh, was just in secondary school. So I think we're what what are we there 12-ish, something like that, twelve thirteen, that kind of thing. And then the gnome uh, industries, as it was known, was after that. From that, uh, we we did, we went into some gardening. We bought some lawn mowers, um, but uh, but what was quite interesting, it was gnome industries. We had a sign above. The shed, we had people coming in to view these things. We had a little bit of a showroom. So you can see how my mind's working, you know, going out there. And obviously the internet wasn't around then, that kind of thing. But and then we, uh, we we started grass cutting. So we were doing this. I was employing somebody to drive us around because we were walking up and down a road with lawnmowers. Um, So it was Gnome Industry. It was snips, which was a cut above the rest, you know, grass cutting and that type of thing. And I got the contract for cutting the school playing field at, uh, while I was still at school. <coughs> Went a ride on mower there. And it was one thing led to another. I took a pot of money from that, put it into that, put it into that, looked at opportunities and di- you know, diversified, which is still what I'm doing today, really.
0: That uh, is fantastic. Is there anything that you look back and you think, ah, oh, I wish I'd have known that prior to, you know, something that you know now that you wish you'd have known back then?
1: um i th- i think uh, i've made a lot of mistakes in my life things have gone wrong many many times and things like that in my personal life in my professional life and everything else like that um i i, I tend to think that there's not much i would have changed we were very family orientated. we came from a very lovely family although we're running over the foot railway lines and playing in scrap yards and stuff like that it was accepted at the time there was no Health and Safety Work Act because it was prior to that.
0: Character building, um, I, I do you say.
1: Yeah, I think I, I should have left the fire service earlier. I should have taken some opportunities that were put in front of me. And I should have been a little bit harder at some times. Um, and, and, and I think I should have let go of some things uh, earlier. You hold on to things and you try and make things work and you try and do things. I've got a bit of a mindset of where we are in COVID. You know what it's doing to industry and things like that. We'll probably come on to that. But it's understanding of when to let go, when to stop doing something, when to sell it, stop it, or yeah. move it on. Yeah. And I think some of those lessons to have done things earlier.
0: Is, is the looking at your failures and everything like that. Is there one particular one that uh, you know, as you said, that you'd, you'd had some failures. Is there one particular one that
1: really stands out? And
0: you think, yeah.
1: I'm glad. Uh, business-wise, a number of businesses. So I've always had different businesses bought and sold, created, and, and, I, and I have a flair for seeing something, seeing an opportunity, and things like that. So we had um, like we had some pubs. I had three or four pubs at one go. I had uh, six or eight phone shops at the time. I had this. I had that. You know, we had a security business. You know, installations and guarding. You know we looked after the g8 so we looked after the, the nec group we did quite a few things there so i've gone from field to field um i think that um, th- there was uh, it's not my lesson but it was somebody else's so the chairman of uh BB holdings was the guy who employed me at bb line group bb line group was a, a 1.2 1.4 billion pound group when i went into them and uh, and he was there and i was uh, favoured very quickly for my understanding of mergers, acquisitions, where where a potential company and opportunity was. And we went in there and we made a couple of mistakes. Um, and, it, and it went wrong. And we bought the wrong businesses at the wrong time for the wrong sort of money. And it was like, phew, I thought this and I had a gut feeling. And I've always based my, my assumptions on my gut feelings. Um, and, I, and I sat there and I went, I've screwed up. I was in front of the chairman. I was summoned to see the chairman in my mind. I was summoned to see him. Turned up to see him and he was like, Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I want to catch up. And I went, Well, you know, here's my, uh, my resignation. And he's like, Well, why? Well, something's gone wrong. It looks as if we're going to lose a few million pounds. We're going to do this, that, and the other turnover. Well, okay, well, what's that got to do with this? Well, why are you resigning? He said, oh, I think you'll turn these businesses around. You roll sleeves up, you get on with it, it's fine. He said, Let me tell you a story. You know, they said he chose to tell me a story about when he did an oil deal. So we used to buy all tankers full of oil. Sometimes we'd sell the oil. Sometimes we'd uh, sell the tanker as well. And they'd move it around the world. He lost 10 million pounds in one day on one deal. And uh, he just went, oh, I can't believe it. So he went in to see some Michael Bibby, who obviously the a I group owner. And he went uh, with his resignation. And he went, you know, he's my resignation. I'm sorry, I've got it wrong. And Michael Bibby went, no chance, you're not going anywhere, you're going to put it right. So I'm saying the same to you, no chance, you're not going anywhere, put it right. And I did, you know, and we were very, very successful and we changed the 1.2 to 1.6 billion, you know, within within a few years and it's quite, it's noted and that sort of stuff. So I think it's that of the mindset of, yeah, well, it's gone wrong, I'm getting out. No, you don't. Close the door, stay in. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Is the one that on the opposite scale of that, on the opposite spectrum of that, is the one that really stands out from a success point of view for you that you
1: you know you're absolutely proud of. Uh, the, 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 there's been a number of things when I've gone in there. I I specialise. Um, I used to say I say to people, if I go in as a as a director, money director, CEO, your job is to make me look good. You know, and it sounds you know it, it sounds a bit. Uh, I don't know what they conceited. I suppose, that kind of mindset to people. And people sit there and go, what do you mean? And I go, you, you're employed, make me look good. Because if I look good, the business runs good. We know we're all going in the right direction. All that. That's a trick to give everybody a pyramid to all kind of go in the right direction, that sort of thing. Um, so I've, uh, Black Country Manufacturing Company, went in there, family-run business. It was 20-odd million. Uh, we had a a plan to turn it into, I think it was 50 million in 10 years, four years, went from 20 yard up to 48, just below 50 million, that type of thing. So smashed it, got round the world, put it on the global map. It was an automotive design company. They only worked with two companies, Jaguar and Rover, uh, Aston Martin, we were knocking on all and things like that. And by the time we finished, every OEM, Every car manufacturer in the world knew who we were and we were getting opportunities all around the world. That was that. And that was me sitting at the back. And we had the right people, the right engineers, and it was the right people doing the right things. So my job is to sink into the background. Um, and I think it was, uh, there go the people I must follow them because I'm the leader, that mindset. And I, and I think that's the true embodiment of a leader to get that right. So we've done it a number of times where businesses have gone, this year, we've gone from zero to over 100 million in one business on a startup business this year, uh, are over 100 million. And we're supposed to be in a recession, so they tell me. We're supposed to be doing this. We're supposed to be doing this. No, we're not. There's opportunities everywhere. Yeah, a,
0: there is. Um,
1: but the, 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 the thing that people need to understand about me is I don't, I don't get motivated by money. Money means absolutely nothing to me. I've had it. I've lost it. I've had it. I've lost it. I mean, it, it doesn't do it. Success is the ultimate uh, it's like a drug for me. It gets me out of bed in the morning it makes again and as long as I'm succeeding, everybody else is succeeding then it just keeps going and going and going and thats type of thing the positivity, the attitude and you know success make. yeah
0: it is because I, I, I always I live by this order and chaos. you cannot have order unless you have chaos you cannot have chaos unless you have order. so empires yeah. fall, empires get built again, things come around COVID you know we have the issues but it will come back again there are opportunities it's about seeing those opportunities you,
1: you know Let, let's 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 deal with covid what, what yeah. it's done to manufacturing to industry and everything else like that i see uh, and, and a number of people looked at me and gone really you know you shared about this attitude i see covid as a forest fire i see it just going across the forest burning the forest and i see all these green shoots coming up after every forest fire everything's stronger and everything's green and everything goes better. I see uh, this is a, as an opportunity to reset everything. COVID's an opportunity to reset everything To do everything from manufacturing to every industry, you know, the economy, the country, the, you know, potentially the world. Now, I don't undermine that we've lost a lot of people, and, I, and I'm very sorry for that, and, and we haven't got to groups with this, but there's certain things we should be doing and shouldn't be doing around COVID but 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 it's it's a start for us, and I'm yeah. grateful of that because a number of companies I've been around or been involved in, twenty percent, twenty five percent of companies needed to go, get rid of them, change what we're doing, you know that kind of stuff. we're, yeah. we're still making wooden wheels because there's a market. no there isn't it, it, it's that mindset I'm oh, yeah. I mean yeah I am in
0: absolute agreement with you. It's mm. poof, hit the reset button. Go zero, go again. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. Hmm. Is it? Is uh, from? I was going to say. Is is there anything that has surprised you? Uh, that's sort of like caught you out, or you've thought, you have know, thought, you know, okay, COVID and this like, and the other. It may not. It may not have from from the way you think thinking on that side may not have, uh, have caught you out, but is there anything that you feel as though it has caught you out and you think, oh, bollocks, wish I wish I'd done something different there?
1: <laughs> what, uh, in my life, you mean? Yeah, in anything, yeah. Yeah, I I think uh, some of the things that really surprise me are my ups and downs, my peaks and troughs. So the people, so some of the people that are very close to me, work with me, live with me or are around with me, habitate, you know, cohabitate the same sort of space as me with you when you go up you know that kind of stuff when you're coming back down you look left and right and there's nobody around um so people's mindsets and stuff like that so i've got some very good close people that um that kind of that have been there and i've got some very good friends that don't do that so my mindset of the way that i look at people and deal with people so i give give and give um, you know, and if you look at my social media, my LinkedIn and things like that, you 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 will see that I've got a strap line. Um and I'm gonna test it if you know you know what my strap line is.
0: I was just gonna the actual fact because it was it was uh that uh, I know because I noticed recently I know I just noticed <laughs> that you'd changed your profile, your top banner, and you got forward in unity. Now I know that you are all around this this giving, uh, give relentlessly think it was i remember um, so, and and i've just said here connect enthusiastically give relentlessly and lead bravely um because I, I that was the one thing i think when i connected with you that i noticed that tagline and i thought that is absolutely spot on absolutely uh,
1: spot you know on. it's connect enthusiastically give relentlessly lead bravely and the, you know the the world is yours type thing or yeah. the future is yours um I, I've given and given and given and given and given. Anybody asks me for anything, I'll give and I'll give and I'll give fifty percent of my time for 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 free for charitable causes or for mentoring or just helping people out. So this this hundred million pound business that we're talking about was a, a guy that I was helping been mentoring him for for nothing. And I've been doing that for a while, and all of a sudden the business that we've gone gone boom. We're over hundred million in you know, in in twelve months, that kind of thing. Um, It's 50%. It's charity. You know, I'm focused on charity. I'm focused on giving. And if you look at my my Twitter, you'll see the forward in unity. The forward in unity, and I don't know if you'd spotted that, we created a mural in the city about the positivity of COVID. And it was the way that Birmingham, Birmingham Mindset, had been dealing with COVID. So we're all locked down. The world's falling apart. It's all woe and me. But actually, we got one of the best artists. And this is typically me phone him up, can you do me a favour, will you come and paint a Muriel in Birmingham, during lockdown, about Birmingham's answer to COVID, and just recognising the key workers and stuff like that, and he's like, yeah, okay, am I going to get paid for it? No, you're not, and we're going to raise a load of money for charity, and he goes, yeah, no problem. Um, and then all of a sudden, I've got this this idea that I want a video, and I want the city, and I want tigers jumping through fire, and I want this, I want that, and the helicopter's crashing. You know, that kind of mindset. And uh, I reach out to a couple of guys who were doing some camera work for me, and they go, <coughs> yeah, we can do all of that, mapped it all out, and everything like that, not the helicopters and the tigers, but, you know, the, the going over the city, we can do that. This is a list of equipment that we need uh, to hire, and this is where you can hire from. It's about 800 quid a day, and I'm going, ooh, how many days you need it for? Two weeks, two and a half weeks? And I'm going, can't afford that you know we're doing this for charity it's all about as raising as much money possible so I've got a friend of a friend uh, this guy I'd once had breakfast with uh, Lou Morale you might see him he, he works at he's a film uh, he's, a, he's a cameraman reached out to him I said can I can I borrow some of your equipment mate and he's like yeah what do you want sent him a list over and he found me back and he was like what if you want about you want half a million quid of equipment I can't do that. This guy worked on Ready Player One and uh, and in Star Wars and all this top stuff. It's as good as he gets, and that's the video on the Forward in Unity. And he found, and he just went, I can't give you my equipment, but I'll come and do it for you for nothing. So I'll come on board, and then we've got one of the best PR agencies. We've got all so all these people have come together just because I've gone. Any chance? And they and they've gone. Yeah, of course. So the Forward in Unity, the mural in Digbirth, I think we'll raise probably a quarter of a million quid. I remember, because
0: I've, I've got your profile up here, I remember, I think you did a photograph of it when it had just been finished. I think you went back, I think it was one evening, did you? I can yeah. was the evening or something, you took a photograph of it, and that's the post I remember. Mm. Um, and I thought, yeah, absolutely spot on. But I, I know you have always uh, done that um, give uh, relentlessly um, side. Mm. Is Are you a big believer in karma in that side, or...? or <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I am. Um, I think I am what goes around, comes around, and generally speaking, all the people that are being a little bit disingenuous and done stuff like that seem to fall. Um, you know, that type of thing. And it's and quite a funny thing somebody once said to me. Uh, don't worry, I'm sure you will end up in heaven. There's a balance of everything. And I don't, without question, you're going to go out of heaven, no problem at all. The only, pro- the only issue you've got, Paul Cadman, is you won't know anybody
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that quite good. I like that. I do like
1: that. So, was, uh, tra- <laughs> yeah.
0: so um, it, talking, as, as we're saying, around this positive mindset and everything like that, are there, you know, if you were giving advice to any entrepreneur, large or small, what would the advice be? Do you have these top advice? side or people
1: talk about resilience people talk about you know your, your attitude and not giving up and keep going and going and going and things like that i think it's about um you know it, it, you get back to the, the standard question is entrepreneur created or born and all this sort of stuff and that type of thing. Well, I, I, I think you're created i think it's the you know your mindset as a child and what you do and things like that we we did it we we got to where we are and obviously my sister does pretty well in the region deborah worked through resourcefulness and the resilience comes in and things like that but i think your resilience doesn't come until you're tested you know until you're almost broken you know and that type of thing and then you you, you sit there so i came out the fire service um you know, you know a very good service 20 years lots happening and things like that there's medals it there was everything and all this other thing and it, we were at one of the busiest stations in europe i went into a company and the company had a very serious project on it was this that and the other we sat there and it was like everybody's running around with their arms in their air, this that and the other And it was like panic 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 and i stood down and just went what's the problem (laughs) you know you lot are on you lot if there's a scale between one and ten you lot are hitting eight you know nine you're just about to kind of your heads explode and i'm sitting there and i don't think i've left one so it's that being pushed to that end degree it's the resilience and all of that so you can drop me into any environment literally where planes have crashed trains have crashed people are dying people are hanging out of buildings it's all going wrong (laughs) <laughs> you know, and everything else like that. That kind of mindset of okay, take it easy, let's think logically, think one thing after to do, What's going to happen? You take that mindset out, and you drop it into industry. When there's a project going late, there's manufacturing, the production line isn't working, and you go, it's not a problem. It's easy. So the calm and influence. So my advice to you know to entrepreneurs and things like that. There is the bit about don't give up, ask advice. You don't know everything. Seek wise counsel of people around you. You know, you you email me. Anybody who emails me, anybody who contacts me on LinkedIn will know that they will get a response. It doesn't matter how busy I am, what's going on. I will always, always respond to people. I'm 150, 180 emails a day. I deal with every email every day and I don't leave anything to the night. You might get a, I will come back to you or a holding email or I'll bounce it off to somebody else, but I'll deal with that every day. And I think it's behavioural traits. You know be open be honest and and don't think you're up there in your ivory tower go and mop the floor get to know the people so do not think you can tell somebody how to operate a piece of machinery because you can't they know better than you you go and ask them you know how do i make your job better how do i make life easier how do i make you look good and it's that mindset and just talk to people like that no. and the most interesting person it's the person who's cleaning up, who's mopping the floor. They know more about your factory, your business than anybody else. No, no, I, I
0: absolutely agree. You go where the work is being done and understand from the people that are there. So what I'll do is I'll come on to some general questions now. Is, yeah, sure. Um, I think we've done that one. Here's one. How do you keep... Um, ahead on your self development personal development
1: so um i read um i understand uh i listen to things so when i worked at bibby group i had three offices one in the centre of london one in liverpool and one in stoke so the closest office was an hour and a quarter hour and a half away so i listened to tapes i listened to audio things going on things that's happening um i constantly read things we, we, we briefly touched on the news. So I'm a sceptic about propaganda, what comes out the news and everything else like that. I'm not a fan of America, American mindset and things like that. And I actually don't quite, you know, are Chinese that bad? Are the Russians that bad? You know, I've worked with them. We've delivered. Um, I, I watch the news. So I, I I have um, either a gift or a, or a disorder. I don't know which way it is. i don't sleep many hours so i sleep about five hours a night six hours maximum if i have six hours sleep that i've had too much sleep so i'm awake at about half two three o'clock every morning so i put the news on and i watch all the news all the way around the world i learn from that and then i i don't sit and watch television i don't watch i've never watched eastenders coronation street i don't know if they're still going or not that type of thing but i will watch i'm obsessed with Planet. You know the environmental i'm the vice chair of the world against single-use plastic i understand that i listen i read and what what's the plastics doing, in the environment, the oceans what's the you know global warming what we can do you know pollution and i'm obsessed with things like that so if i get to understand things i can control and command it in my mind and i can manage it so i have an obsession with understanding things correctly so instead of just working on a production line about a car, I've got to understand the complete you know, fundamentals of combustion. Yeah, no, I,
0: I'm like, I, I have a very similar thing is that um, when I had my website done, is handed it over to give it to somebody, somebody to do the website. But, yeah, no, I wasn't happy with that. So I had, to, I had to go out and learn how to do HTML. To so I, sure.
1: Yeah, so when, you, when you're talking about websites, I, I have this thing about Google, how it works, why it works, what happens, where things go and how you search things. So I spent about two, three years before I started an online business uh, selling online of learning about Google, studying about Google, reading everything and just creating, almost writing a book about Google and how it works and SEO and what's SEO and what it works. So buy all the books, listen to all the audio books, get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's 50% of my knowledge. The rest of it has got to be harvested by me. What did you, uh,
0: coming back to the environmental side, because mm. one of the things that I, that really sort of like, it took me, I was in awe of it, to be fair. Mm. Photographs of, of China and that side. So when the lockdown had come and now everything had, all the pollution had cleared and then how rivers and everything like that had, had, had turned back their natural colour and things like that. That for me is such a big impact to, to, to to see how we are actually affecting the world that we live in that that, that should be a bloody big eye opener for people really should what did you what did you make of it from you from a
1: personal point of view so we uh, just during lockdown and i let's just grab that little piece was um, i think we are 5 weeks into lockdown i hadn't left the house from about a month you know and, we, and i think i've ventured to to there at some point got a, an appointment for giving blood and the, the blood donation place in New Street, right in the centre of Birmingham. And I sent him a message, oh, am I needed? Yeah, absolutely you're needed. So I parked at the Rep Theatre and I walked all the way around the back of Grand Central, the railways and everything else like that, up to New Street. Only a five, ten minute walk. And uh, yeah, yeah, the whole thing was different. There was nobody about, no people about, nobody on the streets. You know, nobody sleeping rough, no rubbish, no litter. But the air was definitely cleaner. You know, there was there was no trains that were there, and there was nobody at the railway station, no hustle and bustle, and the, and the, the whole environment, the air, the sky, you know, the litter, the the streets, the streets had been cleaned, was completely different. And then you look at the, the measurement of the carbon monoxide COs, and all the nitrous gasses, and we were down about eight percent in a space of about five, four to five weeks. Now, we're going to have emission controls in Birmingham and things like that. I understand why we have it, and I think we all do. But actually, I, I'm 100% certain we need to have it now. Birmingham Council's knocked it back, and I'm 100% certain that we need to bring it in now, you know, to to, to relook really at it. We need to expand it. Um, and I think the government needs to get control with some of the vehicles that's on the road, get the scrappage, get this, start cleaning up. What's interesting is that one of the gigs, so uh, World Against Single-Use Plastic, we're cleaning up the uh, the the waterways, the causeways. So you know this old adage that Birmingham's got more waterways than Venice and things like that. Actually, we've got 22 miles of waterways in or around the centre of Birmingham. During the Commonwealth Games, they're going to be used as the walkways. But at the minute, if you lift lift up the the petticoat and the, you know the underwear is dirty, so we've got to clean it up a little bit. Got to send it off to laundry. So we're picking up, cleaning all the litter up to to use these canal and walk as walkways in and out the cities to so get off your cars get out of your cars get on a bike and just go along this and walk along so we're going to illuminate here we've got 22 miles cleaned up and that will be the you know the arteries of the city as it used to be you know for the commonwealth games and things like that so i'm adamant about doing that for the right reasons
0: no yeah i have to say that i think the one other thing for me in around it, it took around the walking is I was the same as you. I hadn't, I hadn't gone out the, out, the, out the boundaries of my house, from yeah. the, the, the fences, uh, and uh, it was my daughter that said to me, you uh, suffers from a mental health point of view. She turned around and said, Dad, Dad, yeah. Dad, you, you need to get out of the house before you kill somebody. You really do. Um, yeah. So I actually then made a, a view of saying, right, I'm, I'm going to go for a walk. I've
1: got to do something, yeah.
0: And I, I've actually kept that up because the mind mm. space that gave me as well. Early morning, walking out and just taking That's everything right. in was, uh, has been absolutely fantastic for me. Absolutely
1: fantastic. There's, t- there's two things there, isn't there? Two things that, are, that are, uh, I, with, with your blessing. The one thing is that uh, it takes 30 to 60 days to develop a habit. We've all got new habits now. We all do things completely differently. And I think we do things better for the right reasons. More, more time at home, more time with the family, more time in your own environment and away from the office. Don't need to be in the office. Never ever do you need to be overlooking the staff to make sure that the the typewriters going. That that doesn't work. Um, and the other thing is that, and the, 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 you might find it's quite funny that I got arrested once for an issue around littering. Um, I was walking around Caranel Park, so I've gone out and, and to get a bit of fresh air to walk. I'm walking around Caranel Park, and there's this there's this bloke sitting on a bin. Shelling pistachio nuts and throwing the nuts on the floor, sitting on the bin. So, I'm walking past him, going, Mate, there's a bin there, and there's a pile of nuts. And he goes, Yeah, yeah. So, he throws a couple underneath these, you know, where he's sitting into the bin. And that's So I walk around the park, and I come back, and then there's a massive pile on that type of thing. And he's still doing it. I'm going, What are you doing? Stop littering. This, it's wrong. it's this, that, and the other. And I, and I start going off on something. And everybody's going, oh, ten 10 to notice. And it's quite a busy day. And he's like, and he just goes, oh, forget it. What are you going to do? That type of thing. I'll do what I want to do. So I pick him up, put him inside the, lift the bin up, and put him inside the ring. And it's the one where you have the plastic bag. And the ring, well, he fits perfectly into the bin and everything like that. Load of people around me looking at what's going on, kind of cheering, going, oh, brilliant, that kind of stuff. And I'm going, it's totally wrong, unacceptable. And there was a PCSO that was there going, what have you done? You've just assaulted the man. I said, well, yeah, hopefully he's just learned a lesson not to litter and that's other things. So he said, right, you're coming with me. So I end up going to a police station I'm standing there going, I've got carried away, I've gone too far, I shouldn't have done it. And there was a desk side I did. he went, congratulations, mate, shook me hand, he said, I'll give you the lift home.
0: i should bloody think so as well i should think so
1: (laughs) so that's uh, not on my professional cv by the way (laughs) no
0: no absolutely no we've all done things like that Um, so if you had if you could oh no i'll ask you this one actually what makes you feel inspired or like your best self
1: um i think when um so uh, i like this mentoring helping people giving people opportunities and things like that we've got this thing about um we're going to buy, we've bought some PPE equipment, we've bought some manufacturing machines, we're going to bring them into the UK. We're not buying stuff from China, it's the buy British, it's the we'll do it here. We're going to employ about 120 people, taking a load of people that have been unemployed, homeless, living in sheltered accommodation. We're training them, we're going to get them right, we're going to put them in there, we're going to give them a job to do that. Um, to, that's interesting. I, uh, I've taken people in the past and, and, and taken somebody, one was a waitress at TGI, she's now working for, a, and she, she came in as admin, reception, she did some stuff, She's now working for a company earning about £80,000 a year, She's doing particularly well, she's done that in about five, seven years, so taking her from that. The other one was um, a guy who came in as an apprentice, gave me a job, started working him, shaping him up, and he phoned me up a couple of years ago, and he's a middle manager at uh, Jaguar Land Rover doing particularly well and he offered me a job he said I'd like to employ you, you'd be pretty good at this job, so just seeing people, you know, that you've helped and things like that, I work, I did some stuff for Suited for Success charity in Birmingham, there was, a, there was a, a Sergeant Major who was homeless, living in his car and things like that but he, he said he was a locksmith so we got hold of him uh, talking to him, sent him out with a friend of mine who was a locksmith and he said yeah actually his attitude He'll get through in life on his attitude, and he's quite good at what he does. So we gave him a second-hand van. We gave him some tools, um, and he did well for six months. I own the company. Every few months, I move shares over to him, Spent a bit of time with him. Every day, I spoke to him. Then he'd come every two or three days, and he was like every week. Um, I haven't spoke to him in three months. He now owns 100% of the company, and he's turning over three or £4,000, and he's employing other people. That's a locksmith, sort of veteran locksmith. You need him. Have a look out there at veteran being military, so doing that. So just looking and going, that's all right. So my mindset, my my mark of success is to change generations. I want to train somebody there to know that the granddaughter or the grandson all have a role model and they'll have a profession and they'll be able to do that. To train somebody to to change, you know, generations, and that's where I want to be.
0: That's fantastic. That
1: is absolutely fantastic, Paul. That is spot on.
0: So, in that, if in one hundred and fifty years science fails to save us, and all that is left is a book about your life, what would the title be, and what would the verb tell us about Paul Cadman?
1: I'd say you'd ask him what I would want my legacy be, and things like that. I think my legacy is just um, just forward in unity, to bringing people together to go forward, the positivity, and making a difference changing things for as, as i've just uh i've stolen my own thunder there really changing generations making a difference so i uh, i've got a target in my head there's 140 160 people in birmingham rough sleeping i i think i can solve that uh, there's complex many many issues why people are, are rough sleeping and things like that I, I i know that i can solve that by training by giving people opportunities by sorting people out changing mindsets and changing skill sets, and we, we can do that. So my mindset is to eradicate that, and that's one, one problem that I'm going to deal with, and there's a whole host of other problems. We're, we're coming into a recession, so they say. I don't see recessions, I see opportunities, and I, and I want to uh, just get the mindset of the politicians, the people that will or won't listen to me, but they will understand my views. We train out of a recession. We train, we teach, and we improve by doing that. You know, uh, I sit as a professor of, of uh, entrepreneurship at BCU. People seem to want to listen to what I say about business mindsets and stuff like that. And it's about education. So if you look at some of the best run educational systems in the world, it's free and we need to do that. Every person should have a degree and every person should graduate from something and understand the value of education i don't think our society understands the value of education so i'd like to change that so my legacy would be opportunities bringing people forward forward in unity and giving everybody the opportunity to 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 take a degree
0: fantastic and on that i think we're actually going to end because i think that is absolutely (laughs) our spot-on place to end for the podcast paul it's been an absolute pleasure um no thank you for you tom fascinating talking to you and uh, and uh, listening to you so yeah but it's been brilliant thank you very much
1: adam thank you very much for your talk appreciate that.
0: thanks for tuning in and remember success is not final failure is not fatal it's the courage to continue that counts